Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Thriving on Purpose broadcast. My name is Sebastian Richard. And I'm Elizabeth Richard. And tonight we are bringing you a very, the uh, two, maybe two, two-part, maybe three-part series, we're not sure yet, but a series called Unmasking the Spirit of Jezebel is going to be a very powerful series. Uh, we're going to talk about spiritual warfare. We're going to talk about the spirit of Jezebel, obviously. Uh, we're going to go, we're going to unpack it quite a bit. The, there's, a, there's a lot of, um, we've heard, of, we've heard, I mean, if you are anything in, in the prophetic, if you're anything into following deliverance ministries or anything into um, just following charismatic Christianity, you've probably heard the spirit about the spirit of Jezebel. So we're going to talk about this in this episode and for sure in the next one. And we're going to unpack as much knowledge as possible concerning this very real enemy that has been attacking the church. Yeah. And uh, before we begin and, and talk about this topic, uh, for some of you, I know that you're thinking, oh, I don't really think, you know, deliverance is for Christians. And some of you may, um, you know, not understand why we're talking about this tonight. Um, as you guys know, we're about building up the kingdom, tearing down strongholds. And this is a, a huge stronghold yeah. that uh, takes over the church. And it actually takes over many, many family members um, and oftentimes even Christians. So yeah. this is why it's really important for you guys to understand uh, how the spirit works, because oftentimes we know that we've been uh, in contact with it many years ago when we were uh, just married we had a lot, a lot of, um, you know, uh, family feuds and interactions. With yeah, that a lot spirit. of family, family feuds and a lot of stuff that we were like, you know what, this, this is like crazy weird. Like, um, you know, we started questioning and and um, we didn't understand the spiritual components of what was happening and how this spirit was using different family mem members uh, always to control us and to basically keep us from our purpose, keep us from our destiny. So that's why it's really important, um, you know, that you understand how this operates. Uh, also in our government, um, this entity uh, craves authority. I'm going to talk about that. And so, you know, you may see jokes online about uh, certain political uh, people. I won't say their names, but, um, you know, certain female political people that are kind of mocked and, and they call her Jezebel sometimes because uh, oftentimes this spirit is identified and we see them um, basically do everything to take, um, you know, Trump out of power. Let's just say it that way. Or um, anybody that's uh, a church leader, anybody that's in high place government. Uh, she always wants to be in the forefront controlling in the high places in the high places. And sometimes uh, she's not, you know, sometimes we've seen them control, but it's uh, done in, in um, uh, away from the public, but basically she's using certain key people as uh, puppets, if you want mm -hmm. uh, as her pawns, but she's controlling everything um, and the back end. So I'm, I think, uh, without naming names, you pretty much have seen how this has uh, unrolled in the United States, uh, especially in the last year. Um, and we saw well, it began we, with the 2016 election. Yeah, we saw it. With the, the, the Jezebel spirit uh, reared up its ugly head. But um, yeah. it, it's um, it's a very particular thing when you when you're not uh, aware of these things. What like uh, 
I'm like we've said it many times on our on our uh, broadcast that we're not. I'm especially me. I'm not from a Pentecostal or charismatic background, so understanding what Paul meant by uh, we're not waging war against flesh and blood, but against uh, all the principalities and spirits and 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 and, and uh, uh, demonic forces. That took some time for me to gauge because when you encounter the spirit of Jezebel, you think you're dealing with a crazy person or, or with a, a control freak, a control freak, <laughs> a bully. And yeah. if you're not wise, you're just not going to see there's a spirit at work behind this. Yeah. And I, I, for the longest time, we, I wasn't very wise. And uh, I, I still <laughs> probably am not that wise. But the point is, uh, it took me a long time to to know. Okay, wait, I'm not dealing with a human being here. It, it's, yeah. it of course, it, it's using a human being to do its work, but the spirit operating in that human is is not. That's what I'm actually dealing with. So once you, once you understand this, uh, it's a game changer. But um, tonight we're gonna uh, unpack, especially uh, who what the spirit of Jezebel is and how to identify that spirit at work. So we're going to look at yeah, yeah. And before you start, sure. just for those <laughs> before of you. Before you start, <laughs> she's like, before you get going, because I know it's going to be long. <laughs> no, but um, it's just because I know that there are there are people that are remnants that don't really believe that, or you know, if you come from a Baptist background, that don't believe that you can be demonized, that you don't believe that uh, there can be demons that attach to a believer. And this has been proven time and time again to yeah. be false. Derek Prince has proven it. So many uh, Most great Bible teachers will tell have, you that, yeah. have, taught, Unfortunately. have taught this. And there's a way to deal with these entities. And yes, the power, the Holy Spirit is stronger than these entities. But they will, um, they will try at anything that any little way that there's a little door open, any sin, uh, and I know you're thinking, well, yeah, any hurt, any you know, sin, I can't be perfect, obviously. Any generational curse. Yeah. And so that's why yeah. there, we have to learn spiritual warfare. We have to learn how to get rid of them like you would get rid of a nasty cold. Yeah. Um, you know, a cold comes comes and goes. Well, it's kind of the way you well, have the good, to treat. The good news is we can't cure the, the common cold, but we can get people delivered from evil spirits. Yeah. <laughs> so and that's the, the good news. Yeah, exactly. Because Jesus did die on the cross for uh, that purpose as well. His blood was shed for us to have freedom and for us to be delivered uh, no matter what, you know, you're going through, uh, you know, for, just for an example, you know, some people think depression is actually just a, uh, a, just, a mental state, just a mental state. And oftentimes it's a demon causing depression. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in our, uh, in our true. daily walk that we don't know that these are things that demons yeah. are causing. And we, you know, just go, like for the biggest part of our lives, we didn't know that, you know, we were being attacked or that we were going through these things. Uh, we suffered from depression. There was, yeah. uh, you know, all kinds of different things that we went through. We talk a lot about they, it they in tried our, to take in me our out. podcast. They tried to take me out in my, in my twenties, um, uh, a spirit of depression, a heavy one, heavy spirit yeah. of depression tried to take me out in my early twenties. I didn't even know I was fighting a, a demonic entities at the time. I thought it was just depressed. Yeah, because uh, you have to remember, you know, that when these spirits, oftentimes, um, it's it's hard to explain, but they they basically can sense those people that uh, have anointings, that have um, a sense of a, a prophetic, that have a, a strong walk with Jesus, that have a love for Christ, and uh, as opposed to, let's say, a, um, 
lukewarm Christian, if you want. And so they they really know how to, you know, target the 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 fiery Christian that really wants to make a, a change, that really yeah. wants to make a difference for God. And actually, when he was trying to uh, make a difference and and teach uh, as a you know starting. Uh, teaching in the church and this and that, that's when he got hit the most. Oh my goodness. So yes. th- that, and there's that, a lot it of It was in those early men. years when I, when, when the Lord began using believers around me and, and um, showing me my gifts so that I could use them in the church, uh, gift of teaching mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I began understanding this and began using it. Man, uh, I got hit so hard and uh, I couldn't, I, I didn't know, like at the time I, I couldn't have, uh, pinpointed it. I, I got attacked by by many. Um, today, I understand they were there were spiritual attacks of evil entities trying to uh, hinder uh, the fruit I was going to bear. Yeah. Uh, so once you understand how the game is played, like it's a game changer. And, and tonight we're hopefully going to help. Uh, as we unpack this, uh, unmasking the spirit of Jezebel. As we unpack this, hopefully uh, there's going to be much understanding, and we're going to help uh, all of our listeners. Exactly. So we're going to use a, a verse, a, a passage of scriptures that I think is very central to what we're teaching. And it's found in Revelation chapter 2, verses 20 to 23. So it's Jesus, as we know, uh, in the early uh, chapters of Revelation, Jesus speaks to the seven churches. And uh, one of those churches is Tyathira. Am I pronouncing it well, Liz? Anyway, uh, so he says to this church, He starts talking, and then in verse 20, he says, Nevertheless, I have this against you. So he basically in the beginning says, here's what I like that you're doing, blah, blah, blah. And now he goes in verse 20, he says, Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman, Jezebel, Mm -hmm. who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely, unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. This is a very, very crucial passage, especially the beginning, because I I, I really want the church, I really want the people of the body of Christ to understand this right now. The only power Jezebel has in the church is the power that we give her. Oh, and I know that a lot of people will be like, what, what, say what? Yes. We're going to see this in the next two episodes as we unpack this whole thing. Jesus says, you tolerate that woman, Jezebel. He's saying to the church of Tyrethera, you you tolerate you. It's your, that's that's your sin. That's your thing. You did, you do this. You tolerate her. So we're going to look as we go through these two episodes. episodes what that means yeah he's imposing that we can get rid of her (laughs) he's basically saying like this is on you so but he's also saying there's big judgment coming upon that jezebel Mm -hmm. so in the bible okay let's be biblical in the bible queen jezebel's story is found in first and second kings and she is 
described as many things. So when you read the story, we're not going to do that right now, but when you read the story, you understand that Queen Jezebel was a deeply religious woman. She was the wife of King Ahab. She contributed to the worship of Baal in Israel in a big way. She was ruthless. She even got a man, a man called Naboth, killed over a vineyard. She was manipulative and seductive. She sought power and control. She hated God and his followers, and she sought to kill the prophet Elijah. Mm -hmm. But what we need to understand, which is very, very important right now, is that the spirit of Jezebel that we're dealing with today is not the spirit of the deceased queen, Jezebel. So this is what I want you to understand. So the spirit of Jezebel is not the spirit of this wicked queen herself. The Jezebel spirit was in the queen acting out through the queen because she had a she had a big platform. When you're a queen, you have a big platform. So that spirit sought to come in her and do its work through her platform. You understand? I hope you understand what I'm saying. So it is called the Jezebel spirit for lack of a better or more accurate, or should I say a more known name. Now we refer to the spirit, uh, we call it spirit of Jezebel, because we recognize it that, oh, that's the same spirit that acted within the queen mm -hmm. Jezebel in the Bible. We see it by its fruit. We see like the same similar fruit. There it goes. Okay. I recognize it. That's how we recognize. And that's how we, we deal with it. Because unfortunately, we don't know the exact name of that spirit. And we're going to get to that later as we keep unpacking this. So it is not the, the spirit of Queen Jezebel herself, but rather the spirit which was operating in Queen Jezebel. Uh, see, the Bible speaks of demons aplenty, especially in the New Testament, because Jesus, when he came, started dealing with the, these wicked, evil spirits. Yeah. So there's a lot of, of, especially in the New Testament, there's a lot about demons. But a, a common misconception about demons that I want to address here shortly is, is that a lot of believers think yeah, they, they understand demons to be fallen angels, and that is not the case. That needs to be, uh, and I know there's a lot of teachings in the last decade that have come out teaching this, uh, but uh, still a lot of believers don't understand that. So demons and fallen angels are two very different types of beings. So demons are not the angels that followed Lucifer in his rebellion. Fallen angels who followed Lucifer in rebellion they're not demons. However, we know that demons are the spirits of the Nephilim of old. Nephilim were mentioned in Genesis 6-4 when it says that women and fallen angels got together and had progeny on the earth. These were hybrids, men of renown, the Bible calls them. And these, when they died, these, these hybrids, when they died, their spirits became what we call today and what we have to deal with today as demons. Mm -hmm. And this comes from the book of Enoch, the book of Enoch, which is outside of our accepted scriptures. 
And I know a lot of a lot of believers get very fidgety when we go outside of the accepted scriptures to get some information. But you, when you're led by the Holy Spirit, you can't be afraid of those things. There, the, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. Okay, and guess what? There's truth in encyclopedias. There's truth in the dictionary, and there's truth in other books that were written outside the Bible. Or else, why would we buy Christian books every day, right? I mean, there's truth in, in all those other written books. Uh, and the, the book of Enoch is actually biblically endorsed, and the book of Jude especially, uh, who endorses Enoch, quoting directly from Enoch. I think it's uh, Enoch uh, chapter 1, verse 6, if I'm not mistaken. He, he takes a quote directly out of the book. Mm -hmm. But now I want to read from Enoch chapter 15 because it really pins down what demons are. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. <laughs> I had Elizabeth is looking. I think she's a little bit worried because I had printed out the whole chapter, but it's way too long. I'm not going to read that. I'm just going to read the part that I bolded that mentions what demons are. So okay? just give them yeah the reference. Yeah. So it's Enoch chapter 15 and it starts in verse 8. And now the giants who are produced from the spirits and flesh shall be called evil spirits upon the earth. Now, to put you guys in context, uh, so Enoch was the, the grandfather of uh, Noah, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he was basically to proclaim, to, uh, to prophesy against these hybrids, their judgment, okay? And announce the great flood that was coming. Now, once the flood happened, we know that God wanted to flood the whole earth, and I'm not going to get into the details of all that, but these uh, wicked men of renown who were hybrids of women and uh, fallen angels called watchers, these hybrids became demons. So this is what we're referring to. We're referring to after the flood what happened, okay? And now uh, the giants who were produced from the spirits and flesh shall be called evil spirits upon the earth. And on the earth shall be their dwelling. Evil spirits have proceeded from their bodies because they are born from men and from the holy watchers is their beginning and primal origin. They shall be evil spirits on earth and evil spirits shall they be called. As for the spirits of heaven, in heaven shall be their dwelling. So he's making a, a differentiation here between the, the, the spirits of the earth that are born on the earth and the spirits in heaven that are born in heaven and inhabiting heaven. So in heaven shall be their dwelling. But as for the spirits of the earth, which were born upon the earth, on the earth shall be their dwelling. And the spirits of the giants, so this is what we call the evil spirits or demons, afflict oppress, destroy, attack, do battle, and work destruction on the earth and cause trouble. They take no food, their spirits, but nevertheless hunger and thirst and cause offenses. This is a very important passage here. They take no food, but nevertheless... It says, nevertheless, they, uh, they hunger and they thirst, causing offenses. Why do they do that? When they, when they enter in a, in a human being or they oppress a human being, 
if they get that person to sin, the sin itself gives them strength. It feeds them. So we know that fear feeds demons. So there are certain emotions that feeds demons, but there's also a lot of sins that feed demons. Ask any Satanist or Luciferian why they do what they do. It's to feed the demons that are inhabiting them, giving them more power. Now, this is very... Uh, it's not it's not fun and to at, talk about but it's lower, the truth yeah at a lower lower scale it could also be getting drunk and you know kind of losing exactly your head and on a lower scale it's the is the, the the more base uh i guess we could call it everyday sins you know uh uh like she said getting drunk or or uh sinning by those that are violent. sexual sins or uh, those that are violent violence uh, anger uh, these things feed the the evil spirits they get they get off on that, I guess, for a better for lack of a better expression. And these spirits shall rise up against the children of men and against the women, very important, because they have proceeded from them. This is, again, very interesting. It reminds me of in Genesis in the fall. Uh, when when the, the fall happened and there were the, the consequences got Yahweh, Give the consequences to the serpent, to the woman, and to the man. Mm -hmm. And he said to the serpent, I shall put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. Now, that was particular. It was basically saying that there would be, we know that the, the evil spirits attack men and women, but they attack women even more. They have, um, I, I recognize, a special hatred for the women because the women brought up, brought Jesus Christ into the world, the Savior, and they bring people, they serve as vessels to bring people made in the image of God every day when they mm -hmm. become mothers. So these evil spirits, they hate the women. And, and, and we know that there's special enmity between the serpent and the woman. So now I read from uh, from the Book of Enoch to put you in context, saying, "Look, the evil spirit. There's a hierarchy in evil spirits and demons and all that. There, there. We know this. I mean, deliverance ministers will will tell you that if a person comes to them and has many demons, what what happens when they start casting out those demons? The first ones that come out are the weaker ones. See, there's the strong man inside a person who has many demons." And what the strong man does is he pushes the weaker demons to the forefront <laughs> to be cast out first, to manifest first. And as these weaker demons manifest, boom, boom, they're cast out, cast out, cast out until they're all out and only the strong man remains. And then they, there can be a, a, a long struggle be, before the strong man lets go and finally leaves. Now, I believe that the Jezebel spirit is one of those strong men, okay, strong women. Uh, I believe it's a it's a spirit that has more authority than the usual uh, no baser demons, I guess you could call them. Yeah. So we know that 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 the spirits from the context of the Book of Enoch, the spirit that operated in Queen Jezebel was a pre-existing demon, possibly even a female demon. We're going to get to that. 
So for all intents and purposes, it could have been called the spirit of Delilah. Because let's be honest, Delilah operated in much of the same wiles and ways as Jezebel, right? Or, or, or it could have been uh, called uh, after Jezebel's daughter, Italia. Italia also had certain ways of operating that were similar uh, as her mom. So Jezebel, like I mentioned, is not that spirit's true name. And other teachers, I'm not alone in saying this, other teachers have come to that same conclusion. And I'm thinking of uh, John Paul Jackson. John Paul Jackson, he was respected Bible teacher and uh, deliverance minister. He wrote a book called Unmasking the Jezebel Spirit. And here's what he said. He said, I believe an evil spirit motivated Jezebel's actions. I also believe the influence of this spirit exists today and has never been eradicated from the church. That was John Paul Jackson. And Francis Frangipan, I hope I'm pronouncing the, the, the name Frangipane well. Or Frangipane or Frangipani. Francis Frangipan said, the spirit which produced Jezebel existed before its namesake was born. Mm -hmm. So this is very, very important to understand. So this Jezebel spirit is something that was born or active way before Jezebel herself. Mm -hmm. Now, it is my personal opinion that this spirit is female. Now, you, you might be like, what? You tell me there's female demons? Yes, there are female demons. Because remember, they are the spirits of the deceased Nephilim. Now, there were born in, in uh, these hybrids, there were female born of these unions, these illicit unions between the watchers and the women. There were female born. So when they died, their spirits became a demon. And guess what? Some of those were female. So, uh, and there's there's also, I listed here a few female demons that you might have either encountered, heard of, read about. I'm just going to list here a few ones. Uh, maybe you've heard about the old hag. The old hag. Everybody describes her as the old hag who causes sleep paralysis. Well, it's an old, it's described as an elderly uh, ugly woman. <laughs> There's also the succubus, the succubus, which is a female sexual demon that seduces uh, men in their sleep, trying to harness their sperm for reproduction. Yes, there is reproduction in the demonic realm. It's something that I'm not going to talk about uh, tonight because my, I myself personally am not that familiar with it, but I know that the reason why the, the, the spiritual warfare is getting more and more intense as we reach a uh, higher crescendo in the end times is because there's more and more demons being unleashed or reproduced. reproduced. Yeah. How they do it, I don't understand it fully, but that's one of the ways they do it, through sexual demons. Uh, there's also a, a female demon called Obizut. O-B-Y-Z-O-U-T-H. This demon is mentioned in the Testament of Solomon. Very wicked, disgusting. Attacks babies in the womb and at birth. Does that sound familiar? Attacking babies in the womb. Geez, I wonder if that spirit could be active in the world today under a guise of a medical practice called abortion. Yeah. Very probable. Uh, so the, 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 that spirit feeds on that, gets stronger on that. The killing of uh, babies, miscarriages, illnesses, 
all those things. And uh, early death, uh, there's a term for that, Liz, when a child dies, um, infant death syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, it, can, it, may, it may very well be caused by obesity. And Epsigos is also mentioned in the Testament of Solomon as a two-headed female demon. Couldn't find what she causes in people, but it's nothing good, rest assured. And there's also Lilith. Little, in, little, little is known about Lilith except from, um, I guess you could call it, uh, uh, they say it's myth, Jewish myths. Uh, but I don't think it's missed because she's mentioned in the Bible. We're going to get that. We're going to get into that a little bit later. We're going to talk a little bit more about Lilith. So now let's look at the char characteristics of the Jezebel spirit. How can you recognize a Jezebel spirit? Liz, anything you want to add at this point? Or if I, I can just keep going if you want. Um, I'm trying to remember the... Um... The, the Lilith demon, what she causes, I, I read this not long ago. She she's similar to the Jezebel spirit. Very similar, yeah. In the way yeah, she um, in the way she tries to uh, uh, what was it we were saying? She tries to create um, this rebellion. This towards, rebellion in women, yeah, yeah, rebellion in women. Uh, like I said, we're gonna get into Lilith. Uh, I okay. think it's the, maybe in the next episode, maybe not tonight. Okay, but. I believe the spirit of Jezebel, okay, how this spirit is, is well summed up by Proverbs 7.11, where th this chapter talks about the seductive woman, where Solomon warns his son, here's what the seductive woman is like, steer clear from her, don't fall for her traps and her wiles. Mm -hmm. Now, in Proverbs 7.11, uh, here's what it says. It says that the seductive woman was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. Or as the Apostle Paul put it in 1 Timothy, Timothy 5.13, he said, but refuse to enroll in the ministry, like uh, to enroll in the ministry that, that was added by me. So he basically says, but refuse the younger widows, basically to enroll them in ministry. For when they have begun to grow wanton against Christ, they desire to marry, having condemnation because they have cast off their first faith. And besides, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies. See, busybodies is the term that Paul uses. Mm -hmm. And uh, Solomon says her feet would not stay at home. Yeah. So Paul says busybodies saying things which they ought not. Therefore, I desire that, that Paul is giving uh, basically uh, saying that the young woman should have headship over them. Yeah. The young widows, the young widows. Therefore, I desire that the younger widows marry bear children, manage the house, give no opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully. For some have already turned aside after Satan. So following in the devil's ways. And some a lot of that is done unbeknownst. A lot of that is done, you know, oftentimes people who have a Jezebel spirit and who've been delivered, when they talk about it, they'll tell you. I didn't know I had a Jezebel spirit. 
I just knew I hated the pastor, or I just knew I wanted to take the pastor's place, or I just knew that I couldn't stand my husband and I thought he was an idiot. <laughs> they won't. <laughs> They won't say, oh, yeah, I knew exactly what I was doing. And here's what it was. So oftentimes it's very subtle. Is that that subtle? So the spirit of Jezebel is a rebellious spirit that affects the established order, established order that is given by God of the home and of the church and ultimately of society. So let me repeat that. The spirit of Jezebel is a rebellious spirit that affects the established order of the home and of the church. And I don't think I mentioned it, but it is most often found in women, but not exclusive to women. There are many deliverance ministers, myself included. I'm not a deliverance minister, but I've encountered that spirit in uh, males, not just females. But it prefers, it has a preference, a noted preference for operating in a female host body for obvious seductive purposes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so th there, I would think there's, I don't have the, the exact um, statistics, but I would think it's around 85% they prefer uh, women. And there's the, that 15% where they go after men and do it through men. Um, Oh man, there was a statistic I read today about. Oh, yeah, it was interesting. It was about the feminize the feminization of the church, which I'm also going to talk about later. But it said that the, the not there was something like ninety three percent of women who were involved in certain activity in church. Anyway, yeah, but the, but I, I thought and, it was interesting. And even even in the circles that are not of church, uh, we, oh yeah, we come origin. We come originally from Quebec yeah. in Canada. And yeah. um, over there, I mean, you know, we were dealing with with that spirit on a, on you know on a regular basis. And uh, yeah. looking back, because at the time we didn't know, we, we started learning about this when we came to the island here. Um, and we've been here for about not like nine years now. Um, but when we look back, the more we learned about it, the more we saw how it had really plagued, like, yeah, it plagued basically the spirit was rampant in Quebec to the point where it is like one of the uh, provinces that has the highest rate of divorce uh, yeah. in Canada. And uh, anyone will tell you that uh, the, the control, the female dominance, the female dominance. Uh, is, yeah. is very, very huge in Quebec. And yeah. most of them can't even keep a boyfriend for longer than six months. So, you know, they, 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 most difficult. of them can't even get married if they wanted to. That's how bad it the is. The relationships over there are very, very difficult. Yeah. Uh, highly sexualized. And, um, I mean, it's, it, 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 let's just put it this way. The spirit of Jezebel in that particular province in Canada, especially around the big city of Montreal was rampant. Yeah. So I don't know about in the country because I, I didn't live out in the country. I think it was probably way more quiet over there. But in in the in the uh, in the uh, the behaviors of the women uh, in and around Montreal, uh, you could tell there was a it, it was almost territorial. It's like yeah. uh, Jezebel took that that part of the that territory, the, the, those demons, those high ranking demons. And they operated, and there was a lot of Ahab spirits as well uh, working yeah. in unison Together, with yeah. those. 
And I've seen so many couples like that and they blow up. It's like they, they never last. They never last. So a, a Jezebel will find an Ahab because it's not the Ahab who finds the Jezebel. The Ahab welcomes the Jezebel. But see, the women would hunt for and find the, the Ahab usually. It was that bad. Anyway, uh, we won't get too much in detail there. But uh, what I so uh, what I wanted to share with you guys is the 10 warning signs of the Jezebel spirit, how to recognize that spirit. And it's from an article by Dr. Douglas J. Heck. And he wrote a great paper on that. Uh, and I really jotted that down. So if you want to refer to it, maybe uh, go to Google, Dr. Douglas J. Heck. He wrote a paper about the Jezebel spirit, but in that paper, there were the 10 warning signs of the Jezebel spirit. And I'm going to share that with you guys now. Number one, the Jezebel spirit as a selfish agenda, a selfish agenda. This controlling spirit is motivated by a strong personal agenda mm -hmm. as opposed to God's agenda. God's agenda is all about growing people, expanding the kingdom, blessing a multitude. Spirit of Jezebel is all about blessing herself. Uh, it is intent on getting what it wants, usually using a person who very often does not realize he or she has become an agent of division and demonic destruction to God's people and the church of Jesus Christ. Very important. And I mentioned that oftentimes those who are delivered from that spirit, they had no idea. Like they didn't even know, but they feel, they feel much better once it's gone. <laughs> Number two, the spirit of Jezebel undermines authority. So it seeks to undermine authority, most often the male authority, husband, boss, elder, self-appointing itself higher than the true authority. Mm -hmm. It is very legalistic and religious and uses Christian vocabulary convincingly. Very interesting. And uh, I, I jotted down uh, somewhere else that the, the spirit of Jezebel is a very, very religious spirit. It's often the, 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 the spirit well, the person. Someone who has a Jezebel spirit will be the one that, that's most often in church. You'll be like Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening. They're, they serve all over the place. So you youth, especially the leaders and pastors, usually if they're if they're caught unaware, if they're not aware of this, this working, they'll be like, there goes someone who really wants to be part of this church and serve and help. And, you know, yeah. so that's why they are presented with more opportunities because the pastor sees someone who likes to quote unquote serve, but that's just a mask. And they, they open their, the, the, them with all kinds of opportunities and they climb up the corporate ladder, if you will, of the church to a higher leadership position, hoping to split the church up at the seams. Okay. Uh, uh, there's other notes here about the undermining authority. Very, very often using a tactic of condemning and judgmental prophecy, <laughs> enhanced with flattery and seemingly sincere tender words so very deceitful under the gift of prophecy they're gonna uh, not under the gift of not not the true gift of prophecy obviously but they're gonna they're gonna uh, use this um i guess you could call it fake prophecy or, or yeah. soulish prophecy to inject their venom b often brings needs improvement lists to person of authority 
Oh, dear pastor, I've noticed you're overwhelmed with such and such. Wouldn't it be a great idea if you appointed someone at the position of such and such? You know what I'm saying? That's how they do things, right? So they're, they're going to they're gonna show, oh, I saw this need. They're super helpful. Wouldn't it be great if we were to help out with this need? Yeah, she just basically wants to have her own ministry so that she can you know, have leadership yeah. in the church and control people. Often uses truth sharply and without true love, thereby leaving others with a depressing sense of heaviness. See, truth without love, even if it is said in the nicest way, will leave you feeling just like that, depressed, heavy, and you, you, you want, it's hard to understand because it was said in such a nice tone and manner by yeah. someone you think is so much godlier than you because they're in church uh, half, the, half the time of the week, like half the days of the week, and you're not. So you're like, well, and, how, and, how, how come I feel like this, right? Yeah, and if we talk about more on the home front, um, oftentimes what we used to call it is crocodile tears so mm -hmm. the person would always have a problem with every little thing um they usually have a, a problem with every little thing you say or did not say or did or did not do um and so what happens is um they they basically try to manipulate your good graces uh to make you feel bad about not you know being nice enough to them or not giving them a certain thing, attending to a certain need or, you know, and even if we, when you've done everything right, it's what you didn't do or what you didn't say. Um, yeah. And so it, it really, it just wants to yeah. manipulate you to get you angry or um, to get, because don't forget they feed off negative emotions. Demons feed off of that. Yeah. And oftentimes they'll, the, they'll operate through somebody very close to you in the family so that they know they can really get under your skin. And it's all about controlling. It's all about, um, you know, and, and I was um, initially, you know, when we got married very, very young, I was this kind of person that really wanted to uh, keep the peace, peace always keep costs. the peace, you know, yeah. uh, let's make everybody happy. We want everybody to be happy. We're, we're Christian. And oftentimes, you know, we didn't even know that we were dealing with this because we didn't even know that it could operate through other believers that go to church. I read their Bibles. So back, back in the day, didn't I didn't even know believers that, could carry demons. Yeah. You know, I didn't know they could be uh, demonized. So what that ended up doing without going in details is that it really um, caused a lot of strife in our marriage. It caused a lot of strife in the whole family um, circle, if you want, um, even, you know, on both of our sides of our families. Yeah. And, um, and we saw that many, many times in many, many churches, um, many, many churches, we saw things like that happen where, um, you know, they're, 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 they had common problems. You talk to one of the daughters and she say, yeah, you know what, I've been dealing with that too, you know, uh, this and this is happening in my family and this is how my family's reacting with it. And so they all had patterns, you know, if mm -hmm. you start asking questions, you probably know you know, you probably have dealt uh, with some of this or, you know, like on, on your husband's side, you've been dealing with some of these issues. And so you'll notice that these people, um, you know, they, they, they come under the guise of, I mean, well, uh, you hurt my feelings. Like that can be 
they're not always like in your face. So this is what I'm, this is what I'm getting at. They're not always in your face in a controlling, like I want to control you kind of way. It's very, very subtle. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's done in a way that you kind of don't see it coming and it's kind of creeps up on you until you're like realizing that, you know, it's affecting your marriage. Um, it's even affecting the life decisions you guys make as a couple. Um, you know, you might be deciding a certain thing and then they're like, then all of a sudden they're super opinionated and controlling and don't want you to make that decision. And all, and you're like, well, why does this person care so much about you know what? And they're like, well, because I really care about you. And that's why I'm telling you this and be careful and this and that. And so all of these things result in you getting farther away from your purpose. Because the, these evil entities oftentimes know they, they've they've studied Christians long, long, long ago, long oh. before us to know the pattern of the development of a Christian yeah. to see where we're going, to see what God may have in store for us. Like, obviously don't, they don't know everything, but they know and they can sense our anointings that they hate. Yes. Um, different things like that, especially if you're a prophetic person, if you're a person that God gives you a dreams, um, you know, if you get dreams that are prophetic or you may not even know, like for me, for the longest time, I had no clue that I had any kind of prophetic anointing. I had no clue. And there's a lot of things that would happen through my life that I realized that's weird. Like, how come this is happening? And how come that person's reacting that way? And then I realized yeah. that I had certain giftings that the Lord had placed on me. And, and because of that, I was more attacked because of it and more uh, targeted by these enti entities. So yeah. if it wasn't that Jezebelic, uh, you know, in my close circle, then it would be, so, you know, someone that would become my boss that was in that yes. Jezebel um you know, had that Jezebel spirit and it kind of always followed no matter what. It, it and really I did a lot did. of jobs. And, and you <laughs> I did, did a lot I, of jobs and they kind of always followed. I remember back in, you, you did many different departments in a big company yeah. and there was always one popping up yeah. in the department. If it wasn't was, an employee. That had it in boss. for you for some reason. And she was a good worker. So there was no, absolutely no reason yeah. uh, for her to have all that kind of trouble. But they, and it was really, uh, it could get really, really ugly. And I had to deal with that too. Uh, just before I took my retirement, uh, I had to, to deal with that. It's like, it was my final test. I, I kind of see it like my final test. And it was a good thing that Liz uh, was there to coach me through that because to be honest, I, I, I'll tell you the story is short. I'll try to make it short. But uh, there was this uh, lady who, who came into work uh, at the same company. And uh, the, there was an opening for a leadership position in the company. And I saw her. I saw value in her. And she had a, a great background in all kinds of uh, uh, high-stress positions. And I thought, you know what? You'd be good. You'd be a good supervisor. There's a position open. Did, did you think of applying? Mm -hmm. And and she seemed shy and she seemed unsure. Are you sure that you think I should? I said, yeah, I think you should. Uh, so she asked me, she says, are you going to apply? I said, well, no, not really. It's not in my immediate plans right now to do that. But I, I think you would be great for the position. And I was basically suckered in because she didn't show her true colors yet. But she did apply. She got the position. And within a week, everybody that worked under her couldn't stand her. She had become this monster. And at first I thought, well, she, she was from a, a foreign country. So I thought maybe it's a language thing. She, maybe she just doesn't understand, communicate well and all that. Until she finally got to me. 
And I think, to be honest, and it's not because I, I, I bring myself as, oh I'm, oh, I'm special. No, I'm not special. I carry the, the spirit of Christ in me. And that spirit wanted to, uh, to, to really hit me where it hurts. And uh, in the beginning, I was just trying to like, uh, trying to understand, you know, trying to make peace, trying to communicate, but it, I was hitting a wall. You always want to give the benefit of the doubt. Benefit of the doubt. And I was hitting a wall constantly. And I, I even told the other coworkers, don't, don't, don't take it easy on her. I mean, maybe it's a communication thing. And I remember one day she really got to me and then she turned her back and left. And I looked at the, the guys I was working with. I was like, 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 what was that? And one of the, my coworkers was like, Sebastian, it's probably just a communication thing. <laughs> and then he, he smirked, turned around and left. I was like, okay, I deserve that. Uh, anyway, all long story short, it, 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 uh, it got to a point where I actually did lose my nerve. Uh, uh, and and uh, I wasn't proud of it after I, I, I shouldn't say lost my nerve. I didn't like start breaking stuff or anything, but uh, I, I, for me, that was losing my nerve in a work setting. And that was not a good thing. And, and I was like, how, how is it that she gets under my skin so much until I started research, researching Jezebel. And then I was like, well, look at that. Well, will you, well, will you look at that? <laughs> so then I understood I wasn't dealing with a person, a human being. I was dealing with the spirit behind that particular person. So then it's like, it fixed it for me. Mm -hmm. And I, I began dealing very differently. Actually, I turned the tables yeah. uh, on, on that spirit, not on the person, but on the spirit. Every time uh, she would come around and try to uh, play her game, I would just spin it right around, stay calm. Remember, they feed off negative energy. If you stay calm, smile and nod, and you're nice, oh my, they, they go nuts. They go crazy. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that worked. <laughs> <laughs> In the end, I won. But uh, just to tell you that it wasn't easy when, when I was not in, in full knowledge of what I was dealing with. Yeah. And before uh, we continue, I know someone mentioned that um, they wanted to have uh, some insight on the narcissistic oh, yes. person. And we are going to do a teach, uh, teaching on that. Uh, I, di I didn't dig into it yet, but I, we've, we've watched a, quite a bit of videos about narcissism because it's rampant. And it's funny because there was mm -hmm. this uh, psychologist, a, a lovely lady who has a YouTube channel dealing with this a lot. And she lives in, is it Los Angeles? She basically said that uh, in an interview that she was living basically in the nest of narcissism because <laughs> she's like close to Hollywood and all the uh, all the stuff about, you know, uh, self-image and, and uh, look at me, look at me. I'm the best. And, and yeah, and there's different forms of that. There's so, different forms so of that. There's the covert narcissist and the, there's the overt narcissist and they act very differently. I mean, is it the covert one that's almost like yeah, the okay, over. We don't, we don't the, want to get in detail. We're not going to get in detail. I just wanted to mention it. <laughs> but it's definitely a spiritual thing behind it, it that very we need much. to identify. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest, we, that what we, a lot of what we call, oh, that's a narcissist. Uh, is, so I've even heard the expression, it's a narcissist spirit. I think it might actually be the Jezebel spirit just acting up and people call it narcissism because they, they, they have so much in common. But I didn't uh, do a study yet on that and I want to dig it deeper into it. So we're going to probably address this in the near future. Yeah. So continuing the list, the spirit of Jezebel causes despair, despair. This destructive spirit causes fear, flight, and discouragement. So he gives the example here, fear. 
Is it true, O Lord, am I really proud, unteachable, undiscerning, or the things that I'm being told? So if you are in a, uh, a church setting, oftentimes what's going to happen is people might come to you under the guise of, I'm here to help, or I have a word of knowledge for you, or, uh, uh, oh, can I exhort you? And sometimes it's absolutely godly and wonderful, and it's going to help you, and it's going to bear good fruit if you're open to it. Other times it's destructive, and it makes you uh, um, question, question in a bad way, question in a bad way what, what you're actually trying to do. If you're trying to uh, do good things, it's going to make you question. Uh, are you on the right path? Are you, are you right? following, is it following true? Is what it true God what this person said? Am I, am I really that bad? Or is it like, so you have, it can cause fear. Flight, it can cause flight. I don't have what it takes to lead here. I quit. There's a lot of pastors who were brought out of ministry through a spirit of Jezebel. There's also pastors who left their pulpit and moved to another city across country because of a church, a nasty church split that was begun and started from beginning to end by a spirit of Jezebel. Mm -hmm. It's going to make the leaders want to quit. Okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, just, want to leave, I mean. Yeah. And just to go back to the point before, because you, you said it so fast. Well, I'm, I'm just um, reading what I was, was given here by uh, our friend. Uh, what, the, well, what to, what to do when you're, um, if you do get a prophetic word that's kind of like surprises you and it's kind of negative and you kind of question, you know, um, you know, who it comes from. Let's say it does come from somebody that you don't really know very well. Um, you don't have to be in agreement with the word. So that's that's really, if you don't want something like that to latch onto you, if yeah. it's not, if you have this feeling, like this discernment that it's yes. not of God, that it's not the Holy that Spirit. word in the name of Jesus. Yeah, so you don't have to, you know, if you don't want to say to the person uh, in their face. No, you can, can say, as soon as they leave, you can say that, you know. Yeah. You, you I, can, dec I decree and declare, I reject that word in the name of Jesus exactly. Christ. Exactly, and you just... Stay, you know, just don't say anything. Don't be in agreement. No. And uh, I, you can just answer, well, I'm going to pray about that and uh, yeah. see what the Lord shows me, how the Holy Spirit uh, reveals things to so me. We're going to talk in the next episode on how the, the spirit of Jezebel needs to be confronted. We're going to talk about that in the next episode, but not this one. Okay. Uh, discouragement. Mm -hmm. Discouragement. This is the 10th time I've had to deal with his accusation. I wonder if there is some truth to it. The battle is just not worth it. I'm tired of this. Uh, and I've dealt with this uh, in ministry. Uh, I was often accused of all kinds of ills. And it, it, the enemy will get you by repeating the lies against you through either the same person or even worse, through different people. Now, sometimes it might be a, a, the Lord bringing the right people in your life to show you something you need to repent from. But this is going to be done in such a way that it's going to bear godly fruit and it's not going to hurt. It's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be a process of discouragement, but it can be done in a way that it's going to bear negative fruit. And that's what we're talking about. Discouragement, depression. These are all things that that uh, if things have been repeated to you, oh, you're like this. You're like, for example, for the longest time, for the longest time, I was told, Sebastian, you're not ministry material by godly people, by people I esteemed at least. 
I esteem these people. They would tell me, you're not ministry material. You obviously don't love people enough. You, you shouldn't say godly. They're religious people. Okay. Religious. Well, okay. But people I There's esteemed. There were people I esteemed. <laughs> See, I'm still, I'm still over humble sometimes. <laughs> but there were people I esteemed. And they kept repeating to me over and over from different, oh, dude, you don't have what it takes to be in ministry. You obviously don't love people enough. And the devil used that again and again and again by specific, very, very specific individuals that uh, he knew that I either admired or respected. Mm -hmm. And that had the effect that I came to believe, you know what? I'm probably not called for ministry. I'm just going to go find a regular nine to five job and I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. I wasted 18 years. 18 years not doing the will of God because I, I believe the lies of the devil. Now, my hope for you is that you won't do the same mistake I did. I finally woke up and embraced the, the will of God for my life despite my imperfections, despite the fact that I don't think anybody can say hey, I'm worthy to be uh, following God and, and doing his will and, and being in ministry. Nobody's really worthy. He makes us worthy. Christ makes us worthy. Christ calls us. He equips us. Mm -hmm. But none of us are, are equipped or perfect enough or great enough on our own to do what we're called to do, obviously. Right. Okay. Number four, the spirit of Jezebel wants to usurp, take over by illegal ways, usurp leadership. And here's the thing. They are natural leaders. They look like Oftentimes, they look yeah, yeah, they look they, like they, they will. They talk a good game, like we, we would say. They talk a really good game. So they are natural lead, leaders usually. And uh, so they, they give the examples here how they're going to do that, usurp leadership. Well, one way is attempting to raise a following, even one person at a time, enlisting any who will agree with them. So that's how church splits begin. Didn't you find the pastor recently has been weak in that area, Elizabeth? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I've noticed that he's been kind of, yeah, he hasn't been doing it very well. That's not one of his strong points. No, I agree. It's definitely not his strong one of his strong points. I wish he was more stronger in that area. I think it would really bless the church. She's in agreement. Oh, all it takes is two or three in agreement. And what can happen after that, right? So you start with two, bring in another one. Tell the same thing. Get that agreement going. Boom, 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 boom. Next thing you know, there's a there, there's a church split. There's a there's a, 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 a two congregations that form two congregations two that form <laughs> one that wants to follow the pastor, the other one that's like, no, he's not the man for us. Mm -hmm. And that's that can get really nasty. Uh, gaining also the other way they do it, gaining positions of leadership, which I mentioned, they can be detected by the winds of confusion accusations and divisions surrounding them and their dealings. So when they when they climb the corporate church ladder and they get into these positions of leadership, see good leadership has bears good fruit. The people feel valued, empowered, capable, blessed. That's the fruit of good leadership. Now the fruit of, of a Jezebelic leadership it's all about the person. So obviously, if it's all about the person, there's going to be all the list of what we said. Confusion, accusations, divisions surrounding them, their positions, and the way they deal with people. Right. Number five, those who have a spirit of Jezebel are insecure, quote-unquote, bullies. 
insecure bullies. Most bullies are insecure, if you didn't know that. Most bullies are actually acting out of insecurity. Even the guy who's 260 pounds, has huge arms and big uh, death tattoos on his arms, probably he got to be that <laughs> because he had a, a, a bad hurts in his childhood and all that. So it, it, it stems from insecurity. Mm -hmm. So they are insecure with vast histories of woundedness, which they are quick to share with any listener. They have pronounced ego needs, ego needs evidenced by a, a need to be the teacher of the pastor, husband, boss, poising themselves above the true leader. I know more than he does. I can, I can really, if I were to have his position, here's what I would do. And, and oftentimes they're going to get the, the, the sympathy of their listeners by talking about what they overcame. Oh, I, I've been through this and I've been through that. Therefore, I know more than so-and-so and I can do a better job than so-and-so because uh, I've, I'm such a wonderful, amazing human being. B, a need for public attention and display. They like to speak publicly and act hurt or wounded when they are disallowed to public exposure. So when they are disallowed the positions of leadership, when they are disallowed yeah. what they are working towards, then they're gonna then the crocodile tears come. Then the 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 the, the display of uh, oh this is so hurtful to me what you're doing and and they they try to turn the tables on you making yeah. you feel like you're the bully, you're the person causing the hurt, and mm -hmm. while the whole time it's them who are actually doing it and causing all the division. Yeah. C, they claim secret knowledge and revelation that is unverifiable. And I will, I've spoken about this on this broadcast many times and with Elizabeth as well. Uh, secret knowledge that the Lord gives us in our prayer closet time is sacred and so special. However, when you bring it up in a conversation or in a teaching, it cannot be brought up the same way you would bring up a Bible verse. See, a Bible verse is um, an overarching authority that everybody needs to submit to in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Your personal experience, your personal story, it's your personal experience and your personal story. People can't bank in on it. They, they they weren't there. They're not you. They don't. So it's very subjective. Yeah. What the church needs to 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 be strong is solidify itself around objective truths. That is the Word of God, the Bible. Mm -hmm. Subjective experiences, while they may be wonderful to to for your own spiritual growth and understanding. And even secret knowledge and all those things, and I've had lots of that. It's still very hard to present when when you teach on those things. You have to give leeway to the people. Say, look, you don't have to believe me on this. I'm just telling you what I found out or what I feel or I think the Lord revealed to me. Mm -hmm. But now always verify it with Scripture and do your own research. You know, and that's what I encourage people to do when I do present something that's more subjective and, and not as. Um, uh, black and white. See, there's there's certain. That's why we have so many uh, denominations and, and divisions in the church. Is because everybody has their pet doctrines, and we we build a religion around that. And now we we end up with 255 denominations. <laughs> so 
that's a big problem. But uh, so subjective truth is, is is very hard to present in in a way that is going to be um, edifying for the body. Um, so that's it. But they but, but they claim but, that they claim that this. Oh, but I will I, say. See, wait, let me just add this before you say this. Uh, remember uh, Matthew twenty four fourteen when Jesus warns about the end times. He says many. Many will come in my name yeah. saying, I am the Christ. Now, I talked about this before. When you read that in your Bible saying, I am the Christ, they're not going to say, I'm Jesus. Christ means, in the Greek, it means anointed, mm -hmm. anointed. So yeah. Jesus is warning, saying, in the end times, many will come in my name, the name of Jesus, saying, I am anointed. I am anointed. You, you can trust me. I'm anointed. Hmm. So the Jezebelic spirits often uh, pose like that. They're posers. They often uh, have fake anointings and they love uh, telling people that, that they have secret knowledge, secret, special anointings, special knowledge or whatever. Yeah. Go ahead, Liz. Yeah. And, um, and one of the clues that I found, even in the prophetic words that I've received and in the dreams that we that we've experienced or that he'll share with me or I'll share with him, oftentimes there's always clues that um, you know reveal the the word of God. Like it's always pointing towards the word of God or something that he said in his word, or um, you know, there's always a link there. Yeah. So oftentimes these things that they say oftentimes don't confirm the word of God. Like they they sound wonderful. They sound like wow, could this be? true or whatever and to kind of get you hooked and then it's like then there's going to be another prophecy that's going to come and then it's all going down mm -hmm. and it's going to like try to scare you you know and, yeah. and want want you to be in agreement with something bad that could possibly happen to you because they're just looking for a foothold yeah and always remember jesus uh, said you shall know them by their fruit mm -hmm. so the fruit of their character the fruit of how other people feel around them are they empowered are they um blessed are they at peace when they leave the conversation or are they troubled agitated worried scared uh questioning themselves more see this is these are this is the kind of fruit that we're talking about we have to be aware of that and it's good it's good especially in the day and age that we live in to pray for the discernment of spirits because that has really been uh, a really good guide for me. The Holy Spirit uh, heightened that in me. And um, oftentimes when somebody speaks and, you know, they'll speak through the Holy Spirit, I can really sense if it's of God or not because of this. So I encourage you to ask the Lord for the discernment of spirits. If, yes. you, if you don't have it or if you think you have it, but at a lower degree to, to have it amped up. Yeah, we, we all have a, a certain base of discernment, yeah. but... But man, there's so much deception. This the mm -hmm. deception is amped up so badly right now mm -hmm. that it's it's everywhere. I mean, it's simply everywhere. That's what that's why we don't watch mainstream news or mainstream television. Uh, and there, I mean, uh, I, sometimes I'm 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 overwhelmed by how much of it there is. Now, uh, uh, D here, he said uh, in the same category of insecure beliefs, he said. They're self-appointed, self-appointed, not leadership appointed, self-appointed discerners, seers, often calling themselves watchmen on the wall, mm -hmm. like the Old Testament lookouts. So oftentimes these people will act as, oh, but 
I I have the 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 good of the body at heart, and here's what I'm seeing. Or uh, oh, I have a special seer uh, anointing or gifting, and I, oh oh, there I, the pastor was preaching this morning, and I saw a demon whispering in his ear. Oh my dear, well that's that's troubling me so much. I never thought I would see something like that. Mm -hmm. Special. See how that. See how this works. See how this can work. Mm -hmm. Maybe even more subtle than that. Definitely more subtle than that. Number six. Those who have a spirit of Jezebel are deceptive and manipulative. Obviously, that's one of the main traits. They are subtle, 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 subtle. Using intrigue to accomplish their wish, although many times they themselves do not know it or see it, and accuse others of being deceptive. And like I mentioned that throughout this teaching, that those who, who carry the spirit of Jezebel, they don't know they have the spirit of Jezebel. When you're deceived, you don't know you're being deceived. You know, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes, you know, like, I, and I hope that, that uh, if any of you um, have, uh, are dealing with demonic entities, that, that Holy Spirit's going to show you that you need that deliverance. But it's sometimes it's very, very solid. I just don't, you just can't pinpoint. You just don't know it. Mm -hmm. So often it says they're using flattery to posture themselves in control of others. Beware of the flatterers, right? Remember that? Solomon warned us about that in Proverbs in many instances. Yeah. Beware of the words of flattery. Flattery is, uh, see, a compliment is not a flattery. A compliment is something that is going to bear, again, positive fruit. A compliment will empower someone who needs to hear it. Flattery will butter up someone for you to get something in return. Mm -hmm. That is very different. It's a deceptive way of complimenting someone. And oftentimes it's done more than once because you want the you want that to like really rub off on the person. Uh, uh, not you, but you know what I'm saying. The person the, the person doing the flattery will want that. Yeah, and um, I've experienced that first firsthand. And um, oftentimes they'll ask you questions about your likes, your dislikes, and you kind of don't see it coming because you think they're just wanting to be your friend. And so you think that, you know, they're just like starting a conversation. Um, but you can see over time, if you're, if you like pay attention, they're really trying to analyze, uh, analyze you and figure out um, your likes, your dislikes, but also uh, weak points, um, you know, different things that they can do to please you because they always come in um, in a, a sugary way first, right? They don't want, they're not going to show their true colors right away. So they're going to do things to really overly go out of their way to make you happy, to to butter you up, to go so that you go like, wow, that person's so nice and you're going to include them in your circle and they're going to make themselves at home and get real comfortable. You see the, the pattern and then the venom comes later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here he continues saying, they often separate weak believers from the body of Christ into private sessions of indoctrination. And I think this is so, this reminds me of that verse. Uh, I think it's 1 Peter 5, 8. It says, the devil uh, is, is, is lurking like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Mm. See, lions, when they hunt, they always go for the weaker prey, like the juvenile that's not that strong or the, the, the strange one, the one that's not part of the group, not part of the group, the one that doesn't run as fast as the others. That's how lions hunt. I mean, why would they expend that much energy when they can get the same uh, flavored lunch for much less effort? 
And the devil works the exact same way. And the Jezebelic spirit works the exact same way also. So they they, they, they will pinpoint, oh yeah, look at this. Uh, I, I, I can take this person. And that, I'm talking about the demonic spirit, not necessarily the person yeah, <laughs> himself the, the, or herself. The spirit unless the unless person. they are a, a, a witch assigned to come directly in that church and to cause that and they carry that demonic spirit now they work in concert the person himself the human person and the demon uh jezebelic spirit work together in concert to achieve the desired result but right now i'm talking about someone uh, unbeknownst in the church carrying that spirit the, the spirit itself will will uh, the evil spirit will uh, pinpoint that person and they will do their yeah, thing and and i think it's important that we mention um, you know, when we're talking about people that are like normal Christians, right, that you're kind of like thinking, I've, I've dealt with people like that in my life. I've, I've lived with people like that in my life. Some of them are my, you know, maybe my aunt or somebody really close to me. Uh, some of sometimes it can even be your mother, you can have a really bad relationship with your mother. And you kind of don't see all these things, right. And oftentimes, um, the reason we we don't detect these things is, and it's not always the person's fault and how it comes, it enters. Oftentimes it's through a wound, it's through trauma. Um, sometimes it comes through abuse. Mm -hmm. And so yes. that person comes from a place of hurt yeah. and doesn't know that they have this. No. And oftentimes, you know, we'll develop this like, um, uh, you know, this, this stronger carapace of, you know, they know where they're going. They, kind look, of thing. they look bold, but deep down they're afraid. But yeah, but there's a lot of insecurities. And then when you sit down and talk to them later on, you're going to find out, okay, that person was abused or, you know, maybe they had a drunk dad, stuff happened. And then, you know, there was uh, trauma and hurt and that's how that spirit entered. Yes. So it's not always the person like kind of asking for it. You know, sometimes it's, it's, um, you know, we're subjected to these things yeah. and we have to know how to deal with them and to, to really look at the spirit, spirit behind the being and not yes. so much the, the, the person itself. We cannot emphasize that enough. We've mentioned that already a few yeah. times, but this is so important that we discern as believers that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, that we're fighting against spiritual entities in the background, pulling the strings like at a puppet show. Mm -hmm. That's what we're dealing with. Um, Oh, often they will use acts of service to gain the affection and trust of leaders and hopefully by this access to the leader uh, by the, yeah by, uh, by this access to the leader gain control so they don't have to become the pastor of the church to effectively uh, accomplish what they, they set out to do sometimes they can just be involved in in Sunday school ministry and that's going to be enough of a uh, of a platform to do the work they need to get done to get that that church split or that pastor to quit or whatever it is they, they're trying to do mm -hmm. number seven they are arrogant the spirit of jezebel is arrogant they are proud independent and rebellious usually accusing others of these same sins now that's very interesting they, they use projection yeah a lot uh, a, a lot yeah so <laughs> so so how dare you insult me when you are twice as bad and uh take the the the, the put what did we say put the, the the beam in your own eye before you move the straw in my eye blah 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 yeah. and they will make you feel very bad i was gonna say like crap but <laughs> they're gonna make you feel real bad 
when you when you when you want to exhort them and when you question their motives they're going to viciously make you feel like you're the one who's so unspiritual and how dare you question them and uh this is so unchristian of you and blah 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 yeah and in uh in in uh family circles this kind of looks like um you you trying to take your own ground uh, maybe you're uh you know showing your leadership when it comes to your children maybe you're viewing your point as a parent and that person in the family will all of a sudden be opposed, be very controlling in their wording. Uh, you know, even if it's not their child has so much to say about this and, and this and that. And we've, we've experienced that, you know, uh, because uh, on his side, his family wasn't saved. And so when we took, you know, um, different Cer certain decisions, decisions yeah. certain decisions that we knew were godly, there was a lot more friction. Uh, friction. And at, at first, you know, we thought, oh, well, that, um, that person is just, you know, not saved, so they don't understand. But then we we noticed there was a lot more control issues than yeah. uh, than we we you know, we understood. And then it's later on that the Lord, the Holy Spirit, started showing us, no, 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 something's really off here. And you know, you, <laughs> we would have liked to know back then what we know now. Yeah, because you 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 handle it differently. Because mm -hmm. when you deal it from when you deal with it from a human perspective, it causes so much friction when it could be confronted differently and dealt with with more effectiveness in the spirit number seven arrogant uh, did i mention that yeah, yeah you said it. they are proud, proud independent and rebellious yeah okay takeover number eight takeover they need the person with the true authority like king hahab in first kings 21 to abdicate their position of authority in order for them to thrive so they need to be the pastor whisperer You've heard of the horse whisperer. You've heard of the dog whisperer. Well, there's the, the, the spirit of Jezebel is the pastor whisperer. Mm -hmm. So they need the pastor to trust them so much that they become like the, the trusted uh, right-hand man or woman where they whisper their stuff on how the church should be run, all that. They need to gain that kind of level of trust uh, in order to be at their utmost efficiency, if I should say it like that. Yeah, and we see that too, you know, in the workspace. I've seen that many, many times yeah. where um, either the, the woman will act in a seductive way to get attention with a male boss, with or... a male boss to get in his good graces, yeah. to have more control of decision making, even if she doesn't have that, that position, um, you know, so that she has more power, more control, and can even decide what you're going to do or what you're not going to do because of it even if she wasn't given that title. And even sometimes they're striving for that title. It's all about control and where they want to lead uh, the company or you know the department or what they want to do. It's all about their agenda. So we see that in the workplace and that also works, uh, like he says, in the church because the ultimate goal is to um, control the person, take over and do what they want to do, lead you know, their agenda in the church. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the Ahab-Jezebel uh, synergy in the next episode, because uh, obviously we have to cover that because it's part, it's part of the way the game is played with that spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, number nine, religious spirit. They embody a religious spirit, which is legalistic, often quoting scripture in an attempt to lend authority to their evil schemes, i.e., like Satan in the Garden of Eden or at the temptation of Jesus. So uh, they're very skilled. This spirit is very skilled at quoting scriptures 
to gain uh, traction in what they're trying to do. So basically, we know we use the word of God as our ultimate um, source of, of to judge if, 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 if a thing is kosher, <laughs> kosher, mm -hmm. if it's right or wrong, if it, we should go a certain course or whatever. And if and they're so efficient at manipulating the scriptures that even if they have a, a, a very selfish agenda, they can use certain scriptures in certain ways that it's going to, that, that we're going to be like the, the, the pastor or the leaders will be like, well, that does kind of make sense, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't see it that way. So they're very good at, at using scriptures to justify what they're trying to do. Or appearing godly, like appearing godly, appearing also very it, religious. Gives the, it gives them it gives them that you edge know, they're, of uh, they're always doing things that make them look very um, uh, what do you call it like not missionary work but close to that you yeah. know like different acts that that really make them look like wow you know this person is really doing what God wants us all to do wow you know and, like, and you know what like just to to get on the good graces and you know what I'm I'm gonna say something here in my experience. Those who quote the scriptures the most in a conversation, you have to be the most careful about. Uh, there's a way that, that you can uh, use scripture as salt in a conversation, and it's really good. But those who constantly quote scripture to either prove you wrong or prove themselves right, be very careful of these people. Usually they have a very strong religious spirit. And uh, I've seen that time and again. People who... Uh, my goodness, anything you would say, they would use a scripture to contradict what you just said to prove to you that you're wicked and they're not, or that they're godlier than you are and that they know certain things that you don't. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a there's a, there's a a thin line between um, salty exhortation in the right timing and overbearing uh, religious spirit kind of, I'm quoting scriptures to you every two seconds, to make myself feel better than you and make you feel like you're not as godly as I am. There, there's yeah. a very, th these th two things are not always easily discernible. Mm -hmm. Number 10, dysfunctional families. Elizabeth mentioned it. She's absolutely right. The families and personal lives of those with this spirit are most often out of order. And I like the term that he used here, out of order, because I'm going to, if you think this episode was controversial, if you think this episode we brought it, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because in part two, when we talk about unmasking the spirit of Jezebel, you're, you're, I'm, I'm going to touch some stuff that I'm even afraid to touch on. And to be honest, I was a lot, I was very, very attacked over this uh, broadcast, very attacked. Liz will attest to that. Mm -hmm. We had to pray all day. It was very hard, and I thank God that he's enabled me to do it the way I've, I've done it, that, that he was with me, accompanying me right now. But uh, it's something the devil and, and that, maybe possibly that spirit and others who are um, in witchcraft or whatnot, they don't want this truth to come out. They don't want Jezebel unmasked. Uh, they don't want people to know about that, how they operate, because it's all part of how they operate. Yeah, because we, we hear like tonight, and for those of you that may have joined later, go back because there were 10 points and we really talked a long time about all these points. And and a lot of these things we kind of don't see right away because no. we hear, especially if you're in the prophetic, um, it, it, you let's say you go to a prophetic church, you've heard about Jezebel a lot and they always talk about her as a seductive spirit, right? She's trying to seduce the pastor. She's trying to seduce. Yeah, that's just leaders. part of her thing. That's just one. Uh, that's just one part. Of that's her thing. just one lane of how she operates, and that's why 
it's it's not always easy to detect mm. until you you really have conversations with people and 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 you know what you're looking for basically it's very subtle so the the, the part about dysfunctional families yes uh, oftentimes elizabeth mentioned it she went in detail about it uh, past hurts and wounds and and obviously when you're raised in a dysfunctional family i know what that's like because i've been raised in a dysfunctional family you are in spite despite yourself in spite of it that you're more open you have wounds and you're more open to uh being taken over by a religious spirit uh jezebelic spirit uh spirit of python you name it i mean they 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 love these open wounds because they can get in because there's uh there's unresolved issues there's trauma they can get in easier and and uh, kind of nest if you will and and, and, and we're going to talk about stuff. in the the part two we're going to talk about how to get the effective ways of getting rid of that spirit yes we're going to talk about that it's not it's not as easy as some we're going to talk next but, episode we're going to talk about that and i love that you brought that up because i kind of yeah. forgot to tell them yeah I'm, I'm going on and on about the spirit of jezebel will do this to you and it'll do that to your church and all that and, and people are like well okay so what do we do <laughs> next episode you don't want to miss this one. It's going to be amazing. Uh, it was actually, it, I, I'm up to nine pages in notes tonight, but it was actually a 22-page document. Mm -hmm. And I told Liz it might be a two-parter, maybe even a three-parter. I don't know. But it definitely cannot be done in one, in one sitting. So uh, here's what he wrote about the dysfunctional families. He said, the families of, and personal lives of those with this spirit are most often out of order. I told you I love that term, evidenced by a lofty aloneness, devoid of the joy and peace that are fruits or evidence of the indwelling Holy Spirit. And, and that is so important because if you're not enjoying the fruit of the Holy Ghost on a daily basis, you, you need to get into that place that secret place, that special place in your walk with the Lord where you are manifesting the fruit and enjoying the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the anointings and the giftings and all these things are fantastic. They're great, but don't make it your focus. Make your relationship with the Lord your focus and your peace and your joy and the rest will be, it'll come. Don't worry about it. Once that is settled and, 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 and anchored in the rock of Jesus Christ, the rest will be added onto you according to what the Lord wants to do with you. So mm -hmm. really seek that above all. And it's going to it's going to work in your character in such a way that it's going to bear much fruit. See, this is I think oftentimes in the church today we have it backwards. We seek we seek the, the gifts and the anointings, but we neglect the peace and joy and the fruit of the spirit and that uh, that uh, that character. That should characterize. So walking in love, mm -hmm. uh, being agents of peace where there is strife, agents of comfort when there is pain, walking out the Christian life with much fruit in, in the in the more, uh, I guess you could say, common things before we, we exhibit the, or, or enjoy mm -hmm. the supernatural things. See, we, we, we want, Jesus said it. He, he said, uh, they said, give us a sign that we may know that you are the Christ or whatever. He said, a wicked generation seeks a sign and no sign will be given to it except the, the sign of uh, Jonah, where the son of man will be three days and three nights into the belly of the earth. Uh, talking about his uh, dying and resurrection later. But I, I think it's very important that we 
Do not become that wicked generation that seeks a sign above all things. Signs are great. They're wonderful. God confirms so many things in our lives through signs. But seek him, seek his presence, his, uh, the fruit of the spirit, the peace of God that surpasses all uh, uh, understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's what you want. First and foremost, that should be your foundation. And from there, God will add so many more things that are going to make you become more as you are strengthened in the real things. So uh, stay strong. Look, guys, uh, we uh, we unpacked so much in that one episode, but I'm excited because I'm like, man, the best is yet to come or or the worst, because we're going to ruffle some feathers. <laughs> I, I, if we didn't ruffle any feathers tonight, well, I'm kind of thankful because I don't always like to ruffle feathers. I mean, some people think I'm, I'm like uh, the, this feather ruffling, enjoying guy, but I, I don't really like to create controversy. But sometimes the Lord shows me things like you got to talk about this. And I'm like, as I dig into the subject, see, I don't always know when I like when he gives me a subject, dig into this. I say, OK, I'll dig into that. It looks interesting. Then <laughs> as I dig into it, I'm like, ooh. And then I go to Liz and say, you know what I've uncovered? And she goes like, what'd you uncover? Well, uh, this, this, and that. Oh, Liz, it's going to be nasty. She's like, no, it's not nasty. It's truth. I said, yes, but they're going to hate me. Just <laughs> do it anyway. It doesn't matter. If they hate me, they hate me. If they don't, if they love me, they love me. That's fine. I, I'm kind of past that, uh, to be honest. I, I used to want to be loved at all costs, and, and that caused me more pain than anything else. <laughs> Yeah, so, and and you know, like so, there's there's definitely in the next episode just to say, yeah. uh, we're we're gonna talk about some stuff that might ruffle some feathers, but uh, in in the end, it'll be tremendous truth, and I think that truth really sets you free. It's gonna help the body of Christ in a big way. Yeah, and it and for those of you that are married, um, and maybe you don't have the best of marriages. Uh, tune in as well because we're going to talk about um, you know that role of how it plays also in in couples and marriage, and it's going to uh, you know help you in your marriage. Yeah. So uh, you know it's never fun sometimes. I mean you know sometimes the truth hurts in certain areas. It's like when we discovered that we had a religious spirit years ago, oh my um, yeah. and even you know till I think last year to, or uh, about two years ago, we were like still praying this thing off yeah. because God was showing us and opening our eyes. But we were like, you know what? Maybe we do still have some remains of this, and, I, I, and we need I to get rid of this with... belief and <laughs> and cast this thing out. But you can't get strong in, in Christ. And, um, you know, walk in that character if you don't get rid of these things that plague us, yeah. right? And sometimes we have to come to that truth and say, you know what, maybe there is a problem here. Maybe, you know, I'm seeing them talk about certain signs, certain things, and I kind of feel that that resonates with me. I, I should pray this off, you know, yeah. just in case, you know, that there is something that that's trying to latch on to me or whatever. Yeah. So it's always important. That's why I always say we have to to abide and, and follow God's truth and what he's showing us in the spirit. Um, because you'll see in our broadcast, we talk a lot about the things that are ailing the church right now and how to get stronger. Yeah, I feel um, like our, the whole purpose. Like our ministry is is really called to build two two parts. Like really build up the body of Christ, expand the kingdom, build up the kingdom of God yeah. in the hearts of men, but also uh, tear down strongholds, the lies that are keeping us bound, the lies that are destroying our lives yeah. and our churches and our efficiency for the kingdom of God. So we need to address. Uh, those things as well. And, and that th when you talk about the spirit of Jezebel, I mean, that's definitely one of those strongholds. Yeah. And you know what? Um, you know, the Lord, 
like like I said in Quebec, it was so so intense. It was so mm. bad. It was so strong. This Jezebel spirit. It that, was like that we a, ended up. Fleeing. It was really a plague, and the Lord brought us out of it. He, um, you know, I'm not saying he's always going to do that, but for us, for our ministry, it was essential for us to get out of there because there were too many voices around us controlling us, trying to push us in in their agenda in their in in where they wanted us and where where it was serve where we were serving their happiness let's just put it that way so the lord had to really bring us remove to, us from from to that a, a secluded island where uh you know we went through desert periods we went through different things that were difficult and we were like Lord, why did you bring us here? And it's only years later that we saw what he was doing in us and how he's, he was pruning us and preparing us for ministry. But looking back at it years later, we're like, oh my gosh, like how how could we have ever gotten to this point if yeah. we had stayed under that environment? Yeah. It was so toxic that there's no way we could have ended up creating Thriving on Purpose. And, and let's there's face no way. it, and let's face it. I mean, we know that the spirit of Jezebel needs, it needs to be confronted. Yeah. But we were not mature enough in our faith, in our walk with God to confront it. We, we were barely mature enough to identify it. Yeah. So, so we ended up doing what in point number three, it, the spirit of Jezebel says it causes despair and he listed fear, discouragement, discouragement and flight. Mm -hmm. So we ended up fleeing <laughs> my homeland of all things <laughs> to to be freed from it and uh, and do the thing that God called us to do. So it was uh, it was quite an and, and we've had other experiences with it too and uh, we're going to talk about it in the next episode. Mm -hmm. uh, but you you guys don't want to miss that one. Yes. So we're just going to end in prayer, close in prayer. Absolutely. Father God, I ask that you would just bless the people listening to this uh, broadcast, Father God. Um, you know, show open uh, their eyes to this um, truth and to what they've been listening to. And if they feel that they um, have been struggling with this or know somebody that in their family that they've been dealing with uh, similar uh, spirit issues and they, they feel controlled by these uh, entities, Lord, I pray that you would just help them um, to, to learn how to discern these things and to um, to get rid of these uh, entities. Um, I, I just pray, Father God, that you would just encamp around them and that you would just help them, Father God, in their walk with you to get closer to you and uh, to always want more of you and to, to develop that strong relationship with you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And guys, uh, we, we've heard it many times. Uh, a lot of people are saying that right now in this age, the church the remnant especially are given a spirit of Elijah to confront the spirit of Jezebel. So that's going to be what we're going to talk about uh, next week. Uh, so you don't want to miss that because today and, it was more about identifying, understanding what this spirit is, how it manifests, how it shows up, what it does, the harm it does. But next week is going to be like, okay, now, yeah. of, like Bugs Bunny would say, of course you realize that this means war. And um, also on a serious note, um, <laughs> I, I will, uh, we didn't talk about this, but I, I will be fasting for that episode. And uh, I encourage you if you have, um, you know, if you think that there might be some kind of Jezebel spirit that, that has been trying to control you in any way, 
um, I, I encourage you, or even if it's someone that you know that's very close to, uh, maybe it's operating, you know, it it also can operate through a man. So it can yes. operate through your husband, for example. Uh, in any case, I encourage you to fast, to do like a, a juice fast that day um, so that, you know. That or, or, or more days, like if you know, like, for example, it's going to be next Wednesday. Uh, so if the Lord's leading you for a one day fast, one day fast, three day fast, seven day fast. But fasting, we found, is very efficient in dealing with yeah. uh, Jezebel. We'll talk about that more in the next episode. We're already at one hour and 36 yeah. minutes. Well, I just wanted to prepare them because Absolutely. we are, we are going to cast it out. And uh, I, and we've experienced it effectively leaving because of fasting. So I wanted to give you a heads up if you want it, If you feel the Holy Spirit nudging you to do that, to do it. Absolutely. Uh, we'll be seeing you next Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So as always, guys, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Be blessed. And, and thrive on. And thrive on. And we'll see you next Wednesday.